Hello and welcome to the 21st podcast of Edition VFO. My name is David Kellett and I will be speaking to NotVital today. NotVital conceived a new portfolio called DNOT, which consists of two times 10 works that are currently featured in our exhibition From Object to Ornament Part 2. The works that were realized as aqua tints and photo etchings featured 10 of NotVital's scarch works that were built all over the world. Today we will speak with Not Vital about his work in printmaking and how it relates to the rest of his practice. I wanted to talk to you a bit about the portfolio, DNO, about the buildings. We, we made a selection, I think, that went yes. quite fast, no? And also it's kind of an extract of the book, Scarge, which was at Hauser and Beer, and also some of the the small drawings that we did at Paolo made those, I think, you know, yes. We have been working with you already five times. Like, if you can just elaborate, like, why you work in printmaking at all and why those works are important for you, because you have quite a large work in printmaking. Do I? How was it actually in Kur? Because you were talking about Dieter Roth and I saw the book of the prince. I mean, how many prints has he done? I mean, uh, if you compare to other people like, I don't know, Miro, for example, it's amazing how much, how many prints they made at MACT at one point. Uh, not only the editions were large, but also the outcome was enormous with Picasso, for example, also. So uh, I consider myself rather not so. Uh, do I have a large work of printing? Compared to many other contemporary artists, I would say yes. What is interesting for me is how you translate the sculptural work with which you work or other works, be it sculptural, photographic or even landscape into print. Well, actually from the very beginning, because that's also the name of the first map, it's got notes, right? Uh, meaning like things that, it's just taking a note actually, right? And I think that went through all my work, in fact, kind of it's like light motif of, of the work in, in of my etchings, it's always kind of like notes, it's always somehow like taking a note, like um, remembering something or like uh, uh, translating a bit like especially like these buildings which are huge of course which are buildings right translate to a very small size and the size question like for example the numbers play a certain role for you like the 11 or the 39 or the 26 how come that these numbers have a certain I'm, I always like numbers I think that's something that that it's, nature is actually also related to numbers in many ways. So like now numbers also have kind of also go through, like I remember like it was 55, Hamza Hamsin, or, uh, or uh, eight, a lot are eight, because my name is eight, not with other eight letters. So if you sign an N on one and the second, uh, and the second print, uh, oh, and, and so on. And I think in this one also, right? And why do you prefer etchings more than, for example, let's say lithography, even though that you're painting now? Did you work in lithography before? I did. Actually, what I did there, I, want, I made something with music. It was Greek, 
He was Sibelius, and so like actually he was, how would it be to, to conduct Finlandia, right? Yes. And like on this plate, it was like with the music, right? So it was like one composer of every northern country. Right? And how do you translate, and that's what's interesting for me, because in all your printed work you always translate objects, sculptures or architecture pieces, or people, you construct them in two dimensions. How does that work for you? Also, for example, with the portraits of the people or uh, the cow dunks or whatever it is. Everything has a story behind, uh, but it's mostly curiosity. You just have to, you just want to see it, actually, you know. I always wanted to see the golden calf. When I heard the story of the golden calf, you just wanted to see it, right? But you never see anything that big in gold. The same thing is actually to see someone's birthday. How can you visualize someone's birthday? Which is like, <laughs> it's quite amazing that actually, for some reason, it somehow in numerology, whatever, it really relates to the person, right? I mean, if you do like these portraits, right? Uh, that's um, somehow related, no? Yeah. There's this photograph of me and my mother when she was almost 100. Yeah. Uh, he was in the studio, like, and we, 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 we took the biggest silver portrait that, that was in the studio, maybe it was by chance, but maybe but he was Mao Zedong. So, like, uh, so it's always kind of like, um, somehow related to the people. Most buildings, I never made any drawings. Because the buildings I did in, in Africa, I didn't make drawings. There were no drawings because people don't read and they don't write. So I could never make a, a, a drawing of the building that I wanted to, to, to construct, like the House of Watch the Sunset. I never had a drawing made of because they didn't see it, they didn't understand. Two dimensions. Someone who doesn't read has a hard time imagining something three-dimensional. So, like, we, we, I, I remember I just took like cow dung, camel, I don't know, some earth, and constructed the tower, and then they understood. But like, so actually, maybe this is to to go back a bit, like, into making order or making a drawing of like something that already exists. I do that sometimes. I build a building and then I make the model afterwards. The house to watch the sunset that was in, uh, in summer, Somerset was like the house was done before. And then I made a model of it. Where the model sometimes costs 10 times more than the real house. You know? So all this kind of back and forth, this kind of exchange I'm interested in. You have worked with amazing people like Carlin and Weaver and Kromlang. Like, uh, when, how did you discover printmaking? I mean, these amazing works like The Kiss, which are really iconic by now and referenced everywhere. How, how did you uh, come up with working in printmaking? But and what does it mean for you today? I, I, I think it's a, it's a parallel to anything else. I mean, I think it, uh, it approached me, you know? For example, also, when I went first to Italy to make bronze sculpture, I had no idea how. Technically, I had no idea how it works. The same thing is actually with printmaking. I remember that Mark Barron came to a show 
and said, I want to make prints of your work. I said, like, oh, how does that work? And like, he brought one plate, and I made this first print, like this, two animals, one animal holding the other. And he brought me, he, he was so excited, you know, he, 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 he went, I think he was working at the time in the Brahms. He went there, he prepared the plate, and the next day he brought the print. And that was for me like, wow, that's really fantastic. It was almost like hocus pocus in a way, right? Uh, that's how I got into it. And then uh, I said, okay, let's, let's move on, let's do more. And, I, and he, he knew then Harald Weaver. We went with, to work for, for, with them for quite a long time, which was great, wonderful. And then until it was Louise Bourgeois, she, that was probably around the turn of the century where she came to Harland Weaver and then they said, listen, she's an old woman, let her do her work now and, and, uh, and you wait, right? And then it was at the same time, then the wife of Mark Barron, Elise Boissante, she says, uh, uh, in, in Paris, you should go and meet Piero Kromlank because he would be interested to do etchings with you. And that's another phenomenal surprise, how, you know, to be able to work with his grand master. Uh, we did all the etchings for Picasso and going to his studio where there were all drawings of Picasso all along, all around. And there he was like working on this prince, on your prince, I mean, on my prince. And he had like one, he had like one brush with just one hair, you know, I mean, it was like, it was so precise, it was like, almost like brain surgery or something, you know, so it was like, and of course, if you're in a situation like that, it's very important that you also give this person some, a, a challenge, right, like, said, how could you do snow? which took years and years to come up with like uh, this, this snow snot and snails. The same thing was, for example, when we did glass in Murano to go to the master because it was only, only Signoretto could, can do this work apparently. So you went to the big master and like, uh, then if you meet the big master, what do you say? Make a vase? No. I said, like, how can you make snow? How can you make ice? I said, okay, come tomorrow. And then it was like for him also, you know, aha, this is kind of like <laughs> different, right? Same thing with paper. There are all these stories, no? I mean, when I did paper in, um, in Laos, there was this woman outside of the town making paper. She's been making paper for all her life. And she was putting in petals of roses, right? To sell paper. But then on the way there, the next day, I just collected what I saw on the street. It was a frog, it was a sock, it was a bottle, it was a stone. So I brought this, I said, uh, I want to put this in the paper, right? Because we're making paper and you put this inside. And, and she was, <laughs> she said, wow, I mean, I've been doing this for 40 years, 50 years, and now you're going to put a frog inside? How great, you know? So it was like, so immediately you have then a relation 
because they are the ones technically who you just jump in the you're new in the situation but the approach has to be so that also for them it's a challenge or something new and that's i think how it works Thank you, Nod, and thank you all for listening to us today. If you would like to know more about the portfolio DENOT, please visit our website vfo.ch. For further background reading on Nod Vital, I can recommend you two books. First, Nod Vital Sculpture, edited by Alma Zevi and published by Skira this summer in 223. And second, Nod Vital Scarge, published in 2020 by Hauser and Wirth Publishers. For images or more information on the current exhibition from Object to Ornament 2, please feel free to write us an email to info at vfo.ch. We would be happy to welcome you in our premises and if you join us for our next podcast. Thank you. <laughs>